Welcome to the Dads Unplugged podcast. I am your co-host, Sean Pace, here with episode number 16. Hello, Nelson. Sean, what's up, buddy? Really excited for episode number 16. Have a, what I call a friend, because I've, I've every time I meet somebody, I consider them a friend until they, until they do something that they deserve a different title. But this guy, Miguel, I got a chance to meet him on Clubhouse, um, and he he sold himself as this LinkedIn uh, just kind of branding expert, branding consultant. And I was like, let me take a leap of faith and and send him some money without knowing him and and see if he offers a masterclass, which he did. We were able to meet through this amazing LinkedIn experience where he kind of just walked through what he's done to, to grow his presence. And his personal story was so amazing on just how he's a mental health advocate and some of the struggles he went through um, over the past 18 months, uh, a dad, uh, Spanish-speaking dad like myself, so it's pretty cool to have you on. Miguel, you know, give us two or three minutes of who you are, kind of what led you to where you are now in 2021, some family dynamic, and then we'll have some some good questions for you. Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm so honored to be here. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Um, actually, you know, one of my favorite and most important valued titles is being a father. Um, you know, I'm a father to four boys, um, you know, and it's crazy after, you know, many years growing up, not wanting to ever be a father. Um, you know, at, at 20 years old, I met my wife, uh, who at that point in time had a five-year-old. And so, you know, Cole is my stepson, has been around since he was five. He's 14 now. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's just, a, it's an amazing life that I've created, um, that my boys have helped me create for myself. I didn't grow up with a dad. And so, you know, one of my biggest, you know, missions in life is to be, you know, the dad for them that I always needed and always wanted. And so, you know, it's it's been a big driving force, you know, that goal to be a better dad, to be the best dad has been a huge driving force this year and in the way I've shifted business and my personal life. And yeah, this, um, you know, when you, when you invited me to speak on this podcast, I was, you know, ecstatic to be on because, like I said, being a dad is one of my favorite titles. And uh, I, I want to encourage people and, and just empower people and, and dads. We don't have enough community, you know, in, in the dad, in the dad space, you know, we don't talk about things as much as we should. And so I love what you two are doing. I, I thank you for what you're doing. I know there's a lot of, you know, dads out there that need this. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you all today. Man, well, we appreciate you taking your time and, and right out the gate. I mean, you've already shared quite a bit in, in being a stepdad and a dad at the at the same time as you've grown your businesses and you've done all these things you become this amazing entrepreneur um how have you taken some of the uh, skills that you've learned by doing that with to teach your kids um some life lessons as you're going along this path yeah you know one of the biggest things that i do in in my business is i help people build personal brands and the way that i that I start doing that is by helping people embrace themselves, you know, being transparent with themselves, um, understanding themselves completely, you know, their entire, you know, their emotional, physical, mental needs. And so translating that into my children's life, you know, in regards to having those conversations, pushing them to, you know, be transparent, be open. Um, you know, my, so I've got Cole's 14, Roman is seven years old. Gabriel is five and Isaac just turned four today, actually. Today's his birthday. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And so, you know, being able to help people professionally, again, embrace themselves, truly understand themselves is something that I've 
only recently, to be honest, in this last really year, have I really started to see what in what ways my professional skills can help me, you know, be a better dad and help me help my children become, you know, the men that I want them to become. And so, again, just that that transparency, having open conversations with them, letting them know, you know, how I feel, where I'm at. Um, you know, recently I had a conversation with my seven and five year old, actually, I was feeling, I was just, you know, it was one of those weeks where, you know, there's just a lot going on. The kids aren't listening, you know, you're flying off the handle here and there and just didn't feel like I was being the best dad, you know? And so I was honest, you know, and I I told my wife, you know, you think I'm, you know, something's off and she's like, I don't know. I mean, you know, she wasn't really giving me much. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the source. I'm just going to go tell my kids, like Mm. who, who, who else cares, but them. You know, and so I, I went and sat them down and I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm sorry that I haven't really been the best dad this week. And, you know, immediately my five-year-old jumps up, dad, you're you're one of the best dads, you're a good dad. And, you know, and we start, <laughs> I start telling them why. I'm like, well, you know, this this week, I, I feel like I've been yelling a lot more than I, I feel like I haven't had a lot of patience with you guys. And I just want to apologize because it's not right for me to be yelling at you and things like that. Well, my uh, my five year old again, Gabriel, pops up. Yeah, Dad, but you only yell at us whenever we're not listening to you. So maybe we just need to listen to you more. Wow, <laughs> you know? that's very mature of him. Right? Holy you know? cow! And, and like having a five year old, you know, and having these conversations with them, and having that conversation was so powerful for me because, um, you know, and Gabriel again, he said, Dad. You are a good dad because remember the other day when you did yell at me, you apologized. And, you know, and so like they know everything like it not only did it really feed my soul and soothe my soul in, in the moment and what I was feeling as a bad dad, as those feelings that we all get as fathers. Mm-hmm. But it, it taught me how aware my children are. And it really made me like hold up a mirror to myself even more of and being aware of, you know, what's going on and, and the things that are happening and what they're seeing and realizing and their perspectives are so powerful. So, yeah, I mean, in so many ways, my professional life has started to bleed over into my personal life in such a good way as a dad and helping my children, again, you know, understand themselves, understand their emotions, their mental, physical, emotional needs, and being transparent about it so that, you know, we can talk about it. And at the end, my seven-year-old, he says, dad, I think we have, we're a wise family. I said, really, what, what, what do you think? Why do you think that? He says, well, cause you know, we have conversations. He said, and we buy cheap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, we live in the suburbs, you know, I don't have, you know, we live in the or nothing, but you know, we are very conscious of money. You know, I'm not materialistic and I want to teach my kids to be that. So we don't buy a ton mm. of toys, you know, my brother, on the other hand, he's got, you know, three, four boys of his own and they've got new toys every week. And hmm. anytime my boys go over there, they're like, Dad, why can't we get a new toy? And, and you know, so, <laughs> you know, teaching that was hilarious, you know, that that we buy cheap. Yes, Roman, keep that in mind forever, bro. <laughs> like, don't forget that one. <laughs> There's your first step to financial freedom. We buy cheap. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo, you know, um, one of the cool things that you that you're sharing as you were telling that, that you're having this conversation with them openly about you feeling like you're messing up as a dad or you're doing some things wrong. Just kind of thinking about growing up. My dad didn't have those open conversations. It was your child. I'm the adult. Do as I say. And that's it. Don't question. Don't ask, you know, just 
your child and I'm an adult. That that relationship was what I understood parenting was like. Um, and kind of, I guess, the past several years, my son's 10. I have one son only. Um, and and that I feel like we parent the way we were parented to some extent because that's what we know as normal. So just hearing that you're you're shifting and changing that from a dad's perspective is pretty awesome because even even on out like I know before we started, you mentioned baseball. My son's also a baseball kid kind of just see dads coming in and out of the baseball field and you don't see those real personal emotional interactions between father and son typically it's usually more of a of a guarded uh i should say the i want to say the word strong male dominated but i guess that's not even accurate because it's stronger for you to to humble yourself and sit down with your kid and go you know what here are some things i seem wrong the more of a vulnerable conversation uh, than typically what we're used to seeing. So it's pretty cool that the reaction you got from your kids is surprising, but it shouldn't be though, because those conversations should be normalized and should be more frequent. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, how we parent, like we were parented, you know, one thing for me is, you know, so I grew up with my dad till he was about, till I was about six or seven. And then, you know, he left and, you know, even then, there's still a lot of habits from him that I always said I was never going to do and never be. And here I am, you know, it's it's in your subconscious. It's And it just goes to show how intentional we have to be about being dads, how intentional we have to be about our habits and our, you know, our actions and what we are and aren't doing. You know, one of the things uh, growing up was, you know, you didn't get to leave the table unless all your food was gone. And it didn't matter what serving, like I'd get served an adult size at seven years old and still expected to, you know, finish the meal. So, you know, here my seven-year-old is, um, you know, my, my 14-year-old Cole, I mean, he's, he plays every sports. He's expends a lot of energy. So that guy's always eating, you know, my seven-year-old, the first couple of years he ate good. And then after a while, it just, he's one of those kids, very picky. He only eats like nuts and cheeses and you know the things you know proteins and whatever doesn't eat a lot of meat doesn't eat you know and for a long time i was trying to do the same thing you know that my dad did like roman you're gonna have to eat or you're gonna be grounded until you eat your food you're not gonna get to do this if you don't eat your food you know and this that and the other and and so you know taking a step back and realizing like bro times have changed not only that but like his doctors are saying he's okay like his doctors are 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 telling me he's not malnutrition he's growing at a good rate like you know he's healthy he's smart he literally got like the the highest reading score in his all of first grade you know and wow. and so you know taking those things into account and really recognizing that you know, times have changed and mm-hmm. what I'm doing isn't, isn't what's best for my kid today right now, you know, and I have, we have to be ready to pivot. We have to be ready to adjust mm-hmm. as parents, especially, you know, any of us who have more than one, you know, it's different personalities, different people, you know, and they're growing and they're changing and they're evolving. And, 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 you know, Sean, I'm sure that's, you know, true for you, especially, I mean, you have two girls, right? You said, son and a daughter, it makes a difference. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's different. It's, and it's, I, I cued on to something you said that you had learned from your dad without knowing it. I, I'm learning a lot. My, my girlfriend's um, getting, beginning her master's in trauma therapy starting. I always get it wrong. So Stephanie, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, starting this fall. And I've learned something from, from her diverse background 
um, is, is there's generational trauma and also comes with that um, a lot of generational teachings and whether we recognize it or not, it's, it's deep within us. And, and I wish I had learned this now 15 years ago. So I could have recognized those changes. I could have had the flexibility that I try to have now and have the conversations. And I applaud you, Miguel, for having those with your kids. Kids now, I, I do that with my kids at this point, And it takes a lot longer for them to hold space and grace to understand, try to understand where I'm coming from. Um, a few months ago, I apologized to my son. I was like, hey, I'm, I make mistakes. I screw up. I'm real sorry. I'm, I'm doing the best that I can to be different, to be um, the best dad. And it's, and it's humbling when we, as, as dads, and even for moms that you, <clears throat> when you have that moment, you can recognize it. And then you talk about it with your kids and it's not a, you know, I'm wrong, but you're even more wrong. It's here's where I made a mistake. I'm sorry. And I, I applaud you for having that with your with your kids at, at such a at such a young age. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that. You know, a big thing that I try to teach my kids even is, you know, uh, emotions are energy in motion, you know. And so when we're feeling an emotion, we have to work through it. We have to deal with it, um, you know, because when we don't, that's when things, you know, come out wrong, you know, down the line, whether it's an outburst or, you know, you're mm -hmm. angry, you're frustrated, you know, when you don't deal with emotions as they come, the, the energy stays stuck and it's going to come out at some point in time. And so, you know, having those conversations are a big part of why I, I do it and, and to continue helping them see the importance of working through those emotions as they come. And, you know, I love your humility and, you know, in saying, you know, like you wish you knew. And I love that you're here now, you know, like helping mm -hmm. being transparent, being vulnerable, helping other people, helping other dads, you know, men so that they don't have to go through, you know, everything that we went through. And so that's a big part of community. And that's why it's a big part of why I wanted to jump on this podcast. Cause you know, I mean, I, I don't know Nelson deeply. I mean, I just met him a couple of times, but you know, I, I'm a, I'm a people reader. I can read people very well. And, and I don't align myself with a lot of people. Um, I mean, I get, I have to be on many podcasts, you know, but I was telling Nelson earlier, I have to be aware of my energy, you know, with four boys and a business and being a husband and, and, you know, all this stuff, you know, like I, the older I get, the more I realize like my energy is not what it was when I was 17 years old, you know, like I've got to be more conscious of where I'm putting my time in and, yeah. and, and I, I want to put my time and invest and things that are fruitful, things that are empowering, things that build community. And so, you know, I love that you guys are holding this space and having these conversations because they need to be had more. Um, you know, Nelson, you touched on it earlier. It's this whole like hyper masculinity. You know, my masculinity mm -hmm. isn't toxic. What's toxic is society's, uh, you know, definition of masculinity, society's, mm -hmm. um, you know, boundaries of masculinity, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's what's toxic. That's what's bad. And that's what so many pe people, Put out is this you know hyper masculine hyper you know super macho and you know yeah. what our our you know grandparents and our parents grew mm -hmm. up you know and it's like no emotion you know suck mm -hmm. it up stop crying you know a big part of my life was was hearing that you know suck it up you're a crybaby stop crying mm -hmm. you know and so for many years i thought my 
my emotion, my, my ability to be sensitive and be empathetic. I didn't know at that time. Okay. I thought it was a weakness. Mm. I'm like, I'm trying. So here I am 14, 17 year olds trying to hide this. Oh, I'm tough. I don't care about nobody. I don't, I don't have an emotion right. with an emotion, you know, not realizing like this whole time, this, this thing that people were ragging about my, my dad, my uncles, my, you know, cousins, Oh, you're sensitive. It's no, I'm empathetic. I understand mm. people on a deeper level. I meet people where they are. And now that's become a huge strength to me. That's like my greatest yep. strength. I lead with empathy, you know? And so, yeah, that, that hyper masculinity has, it's not that masculinity it's toxic. It's just, you know, the society has created this toxic um, persona of what masculinity is, you know? That that's so spot on. And well, you know, I don't want to assume, but you have, you know, growing up in the Latino household, it's even more just embedded in in kind of how you're raised and and the separation with men and women. And again, I, I understand that so well. Last year, I know you kind of is where you took off for the past two years, you took off on your LinkedIn journey and, and kind of growing that. Do you want to share a little bit about why? LinkedIn was such a powerful platform for you where you were going through that kind of led you to, to be, you know, to, yeah. to be that, that consultant, that expert on that platform. Yeah, man. I, um, you know, it, it started with the subject that we're talking about now, a dad being a dad, you know, I 2016, I was at the height of my, or what I thought was at the height of my sales career, you know, in the corporate world and ended up having a mental health breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, rewind a little bit to 2009, I had a suicide attempt at 17 years old, never dealt with it though. You know, I didn't know, again, I didn't have parents encouraging me to go see a therapist. I didn't, you know, it actually was the opposite. My dad was like, therapist, like that's no offense, Sean, that's for white people, you know, or, or, you know, I mean, you know, like that's, that's, uh, you know, we don't do that. You don't talk, that's weak, you know, or who, what do you know, talk to them about, you know? So 2009 had a mental health, you know, crisis, was never encouraged or pushed or motivated to, to do anything about it. So, you know, here I am, what do I do? Suck it up and move on. Stop crying, you know, pick yourself up. What yeah. I was taught to do. So, you know, here I am. Then, you know, I, I start, I become a father at, you know, 20 years old and, you know, start just building a life. And I thought things were good here. I, I dug everything up down and buried everything super deep below six feet. I thought, you know, mm. and, and here comes 2016 had a breakdown in the corporate space was ended up, you know, being pushed out of that corporate space. Cause the corporate world doesn't know how to deal with that. With, you know, employees with mental health crises, they're not trained. They're not educated. They're not even aware mm. of it, you know? And so that happened. I, when 2009 happened, I had this fire lit inside of me. Like I need to change the mental health space. I need to do something in the, in to create, you know, start breaking down stigmas. Well, you know, that carried on forever. Um, I never did anything. And finally after 2016, again, here I am, I'm a father. Actually, Isaac wasn't born just yet. So um, my four year old and I went through my own healing, went through my own therapy, deleted Facebook, deleted Instagram, had this fire again inside me, like you got, you got boys now. Not, not. It's this not about you anymore. Okay, it's about those boys that you're raising. Who, who do you want them to become? You know, how are you gonna help make their world a little bit better? You know, in ten years from now, twenty years from now, what kind of impact are you having? How are you leading by example? You know, and so I thought, like, 
dude, I need to change the mental health space. LinkedIn is full of change makers, decision makers, CEOs, executives, people that can really enact change. For so long, I didn't, I didn't take on this journey of creating change because it was so overwhelming. There was so much to be changed, and I thought I had to do it all on my own. And then coming, breaking that down and realizing, like, no, you just impact one person at a time and create a domino effect, and they'll go into their own worlds, and then those people will go into their own worlds. It's more than enough. So I just started to create content on LinkedIn in regards to my journey in the corporate space around mental health, um, you know, being transparent about my healing journey. And I never started again. I, I My intention with LinkedIn was just create some change in the mental health space. I never started with this idea to have a business. I, I never had started with this idea to, to get money from it. You know, it just started to pour in. People started to reach out. Miguel, I see you're growing, you know, from 1,000 to 3,000 to 5,000. What are you doing on LinkedIn? Like, help me, you know, can, you know, can you give me some tips? And so for a long time, I was just doing free work, you know, just giving people tips and tricks here and there. Cause I, I did Instagram and Facebook marketing. Um, and so, you know, that just started to grow. And literally like to this day, you go to my page, dig through it. I dare you for, I mean, you'll find in the last two weeks, maybe one piece of content that talks about me as a consultant. Everything wow. else is talking about me as a person. Mm-hmm. Who am I as Miguel? What are the values that I stand for? What are the, the morals that I stand for? What are the things that impact me? What are some failures that I've faced? What are some challenges? You know, being transparent and being open and being real because that's what I'm encouraging other people to do. So I have to lead by example. That's what I want my kids to do. So mm-hmm. I have to lead by example. And doing so, it just it's opened up a whole new world for me, you guys. Like I didn't have a business network when I left, you know, was pushed out of the corporate world. I didn't have a college degree. I don't have a college degree. I don't have, I didn't have a huge savings to start a business. I had my voice and I had my passion. And, you know, that passion was to be the best dad that I could be, to to be a good husband and to change the mental health space. Those were the three most important things to me. And, you know, in, in chasing after that, it's changed my world. You know, the, the most fulfilling thing now is to get messages from executives or CEOs who tell me, you know, Miguel, your piece of content, piece of content encouraged me to go see a therapist. Now I'm diagnosed finally after 50 years of living life, not knowing what's going on. Now I'm diagnosed with, you know, bipolar or depression. Now, I, now I'm on a healing journey. No, or, oh, Miguel, your post, it encouraged me to create, uh, you know, hire a mental health coach. I had one customer, you know, somebody that told me they hired a mental health coach in their organization. Somebody redid their mental health benefits, you know, for their insurance, for their, for their company, you know? And so it's powerful when you lead with who you are and allow who you are to sell what you do in business. So often people are leading with what they do and, and the product product and the best thing about it. When really people are connect to stories, people want to connect to people that they can relate to. You know, and and, you know, I, Sean, I had never met you before, but I I had met Nelson and I got a good vibe from him. You know, I all around. I mean, his social media, I met his wife. You know, she was in the class, too. So I thought, you know, if this guy, he, he seems like a good guy. You know, if he's got he's doing, you know, some work with somebody else. I'll trust him and, and you know, see what's up. And I mean, you've been you've been a you know, great person to meet, too. And so, you know, yeah, it's just there's a there's a huge power in being yourself on social media breaking down those walls between your personal and professional life, you know, because who we are professionally impacts who, I mean, personally impacts who we are professionally. 
So, mm. you know, just putting that all out there, you're being transparent. You know, the for such a long time, I think with social media, people were trying to separate the two on social media, that, especially LinkedIn. They wanted to be this professional expert in their field, suit and tie, clean, polished person. And, you know, I, I think Instagram has still has that challenge where people are just showing their best foot forward. But you connect most with the person you can relate to the most. So if if showing that you have a few kids and you're struggling today is what's really happening in your life, you're going to connect more. Just again, when I when I saw your approach a few weeks ago, I was just taken back by it because it's not what we're used to seeing on these platforms. We're starting to see it more. Um, but it's not what we're used to, but you're absolutely right. As, as soon as you start making a change for the positive and unfortunately, uh, and fortunately people go by those vanity metrics where they're like, Oh, you have a lot of followers. Therefore I'm going to listen to you. That backfires when you, when you do that. And the person you're listening to got all those followers by misleading. But in your case, again, when we sat in that, in that hour and a half class and what really took me by surprise, Miguel, when we met was, it was like 25 bucks or something, but the amount of value, I'm like, why, why is this guy not charging four or 500 bucks for the amount of time? Cause you poured so much of yourself into the group as maybe eight of us or 10 of us in that group. Um, and the fact that you were, you can tell it wasn't about the money, which I'm sure obviously everyone wants to make money, but you weren't trying to nickel and dime everyone. You were just like, look, give, you know, give a small amount, which again, the amount was so insignificant, but the value you gave, I was just like, yeah, as soon as we started doing this podcast, I'm like, this guy needs to be in here at, at some point or another. So I'm really glad you're you're kind of in that first cohort of people we're, we're having on. Um, but yeah, everything you just mentioned, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a dad listening, a parent listening who's struggling with being genuine, with being authentic, you know, not just on social media, but even in your house. Right. You know, you're like you said, you're raising kids, you're you're your own personality is not the same personality of your wife or your spouse or your kids. And I'm, you know, with one kid, I'm seeing that in your case with four, Sean with two kids, you know, you might have an approach to something and they might, they might be on a different page, still might get to the same result, but you have to be humble enough to go, you know what, let me try this your way. Let me let you grow within yourself and learn about yourself in this process of, of being a kid of, you know, in Sean's case, kind of, you know, teenagers graduating high school, you know, I can imagine the amount of things you want for them, but they might have their own idea of how to get there. And, and that can be either conflicting or it can strengthen the relationship when you're able to kind of step back and go, you know what, um, I figured myself out. Let me help you kind of get down that path and figure yourself out in that journey. And again, the fact that you're doing that publicly, it's an amazing thing, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and I think, you know, a big part of of it is being somebody that I, I needed when I was younger, you know, when I was going through my journey, when, you know, when I first had my, my you know, mental health breakdown and was diagnosed with PTSD in 2016, I was searching, scouring every corner of the internet, trying to find somebody that I could relate to. You know, that somebody that could that that I could kind of that kind of would understand what I was going through. And a big part of my healing journey was finding people online that I could relate mm -hmm. to. And so, you know, I encourage anybody, you know, out there who's struggling 
you know, be it with your feelings of being a dad, with just, you know, the stress of life of the pandemic this year, you know, anything, I mean, if you're impacted by your mental health and you've never talked to somebody about it, I encourage you to talk to somebody that you just met about it. Somebody on the internet, you know, people are for so long, for so long, I, I thought, you know, if you didn't meet in person, there's no way first, mm. then there's no way that this relationship is real. There's no way that this friendship can be deep or, or authentic, you know? Mm. And man, I've met some of the most amazing people online and some of the deepest conversations that I've had have started online. And so, you know, for anybody out there, like I encourage people to lean into your online communities, lean into your digital communities, you know, because I promise you there's there's people out there that are ready to support and listen. And it, it helps when you reach out to somebody that you just met, you know, somebody be intentional, of course, you know, find somebody like Nelson or Sean or myself who are talking about something that you're you can relate to, be it a dad, be it mental health, be it, you know, working in the tech space, you know, and, and reach out and and be transparent. I, I promise you, it's one of the most freeing experiences you'll ever have. It doesn't solve everything. It doesn't, it's not a magic wand that's going to make all your problems go away, but it just lessens the load on yourself and it allows people to come in and support you. You know, for myself growing up with a single mom who worked three jobs, I was very independent. You know, hmm. I was very like, I don't need nobody. I'll do it all on my own. I'll figure it out. I got this, right. you know, and not allowing people in. But allowing people in is what's really helped me grow. It's been a big part of my healing journey. I have one friend that I met on LinkedIn. His name's Ryan. And he was one of the first friends that I met on LinkedIn. This guy calls me every week, guys. Like, he'll text me randomly like, hey, man, what's up? What's what's going on this week? How you feeling? You know, wow. just, you know, good conversation. You know, the, last week he had some really awesome wins at work. Hey, man, can I call you real quick just to, to celebrate with somebody? You know, so having those people that you can really be open with, be it negative or positive, something that you want to share is really powerful. And I encourage everybody to find somebody like that, be it online, be it in your personal life, in your professional world, wherever it is, there's somebody, I promise you, somewhere that you're spending your time on right now, there's somebody out there that wants to support where, what you're going through. So, Well, I think that does exist out there. And it's just, it's, you know, reading through the bullshit to find, to find the person. I mean, Nelson and I have never met in person. We live in opposite sides of the country. And, and yet we mean, we, not only we do we record podcasts, but we talk, <laughs> we talk every day, at least, at least via text and, and give each other shit and have built this great friendship while we're doing it. And I, I wanted to touch back on something you said about corporations um, earlier and about mental health. And when I was going through my divorce, um, the company I was working for at the time, I had my leader calling me and say, Hey, I know, I know you're going through this, but you need to push through it and do your job. And it was so hard for me at the time because I wasn't mentally strong enough to push back. And I barely started doing mental therapy and I wasn't able to say, Hey, no, I need the time right now to grieve because this is a big cha change, not just for myself, but for my nucleus as a family for my kids and this is going to forever make a change and and they i was being criticized for what is something that a lot of people go through on a daily basis and the company i'm at now one of the first things when i joined they said oh by the way um mental health is covered 100 percent for you and your dependents if the therapist is in the, the healthcare program 
it's covered. I was like, wait, like deducted, like, no, a hundred percent from the get go. And I was like, that is such a shift from what I was used to, to believing that not only for me, but that for my kids and it's allowed that worry of having to pay for it be taken off my plate. And now there's no excuse not to go and for myself and for my kids. And as my kids and I go through this journey and they're each dealing with something that I won't share. It's not my, it's not my story to share. And my dad, even he was like, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. I'm like, that's not the right way to handle it. Hold space. I'm here. They know I'm here and I love them. And when they want to talk about it, we'll talk about it, but they have their therapist to talk about right now. And that's important. There's no need to push and changing that tone that the way to think about things. It took my dad two days and he called me up and he said, I'm really proud of you. I, I applaud you for wh- how you're handling everything. Um, wow. He goes, because I wouldn't have handled it that way. And I was like, well, it's taken a lot of therapy and a lot of reading and a, <laughs> and a lot of people to lean on to get to this point. And as we have those more conversations, one of my mentors in tech, he talks about it, talks about mental health. And then he comments like the next day, he's like, well, I lost a bunch of followers. I don't care. I'm going to keep talking about this. And mm-hmm. to do that, we're able to, to change the scene. And regardless of the platform, the more genuine we are and take the filters out, the more people connect. And I applaud you so much for as large of a following as you have that you're still true to who you are and you're able to find success outside your house while you do it. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. It's, <clears throat> I love that your, your company is, that's amazing, man. A hundred percent coverage. Like you don't hear that often. And, um, you know, it's crazy. It's funny because a couple of months ago, actually like around the beginning of the year, before the end of the beginning of the year, I started to create more content focused on business and just, you know, this branding, consulting, LinkedIn stuff. And my engagement was so poor. Like people, people are like, I know you do that. It's like, it was almost like telling me like, I know you do that, but I care more about who you are than what you do, you know? And so then I start creating content again about, you know, the real life and people are following started to grow again, you know? And it's just cause there's not enough of it, you know, be it conversations here on podcasts, be it conversations, you know, in the workroom, in the break room, between meetings, we need to be having these conversations. That's what a real man is. Mm. A real man isn't afraid to have these conversations and talk about emotions and be there for somebody and, and make things about somebody else, not themselves, you know? And so the more we have these conversations and a big part of being a dad is, is our mental health, you know, like, I mean, cause like I said, at the beginning, we don't have communities. We don't have dad communities. We don't have, you know, huge, you know, dad events that go on, you know? And, and so having people like you two holding space and creating opportunities, you know, to create a community is, is what we need is what the world needs because then this leads us to have conversations about mental health conversations right. about being a professional conversations mm-hmm. about being in your personal life you know and these are all things that everybody has mental health just like we all have physical health you know i mean and and i i wish companies and organizations would recognize that more i mean recently my, my wife she was a she's a parole officer she works for the state of state of kansas and they made us I had to go to the doctor's office to go get 
blood drawn and, you know, for insurance purposes and all this stuff. And I'm like, why can't you just sneak in a little mental health checkup in that, you know, like it's that easy. Like, you know, it's just as important, you know, like if you want insurance, you have to do this, like just, you know, and so it's, it's, it's promising and it's hopeful to see organizations and hearing from people like yourself, Sean, that, you know, are being impacted by these shifts that are occurring. Finally, you know, organizations are embracing, corporations are embracing this need for mental health talk and, and just acknowledging it. Simply that, just acknowledging that we have mental health goes a far way. And so, uh, yeah, just thank you guys for, you know, having these conversations and, and being transparent because we need more men like you, you know, in the, in the world and, and the leaders that are creating spaces and creating podcasts and making changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I tell my wife we need more men like me in the world and start bragging, the conversation doesn't go this good. Uh, but I do want to, Miguel, you, <laughs> you, 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 you highlight how this podcast is going to change lives. I'm so glad I had this idea by myself about this podcast and I brought Sean onto it. Um, I just, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I think I should right now. Um, wow. Wow. Bullshit meter just went off. The <laughs> That's exactly it. I came up with this. Honestly, Sean, it was Sean's idea. And and Sean had another co-host. So I'm the, I'm the backup. So I'm not even like Sean's first idea. Sean was like, hey, my first guy bailed. Are you interested? That's not so how it went. I if we're gonna, I'm going to get on the record real quick. No, <laughs> exactly. Was, how it went. That's not how it went. Well, kind of. But my other co-host just got um, more responsibilities and recognized he didn't want to give up the quality time with his kids as they're so young of what this could potentially need. And I applaud him and I've known him for 15 plus years to recognize that at the get go and being strong enough to come forward and how tight our friendship is um, for that to happen. And then I picked Nelson. So. <laughs> <laughs> no man that's awesome that's a that's such a powerful story you, just that little story that you told sean like you know being aware of of yeah. you know what you are capable of and what it's taking from you know mm-hmm. what your commitments are going to be taken from and and what you're sacrificing and what's most important to you i mean mm-hmm. again like that's a big big part of 2021 for me is recognizing that i'm not gonna be this I'm not going to have this super huge scaled business. Like this isn't going to go on forever. You know, my, my, I don't want to be a CEO. I don't want to be, I don't want to leave my own company forever. You know, it's not, it's not uh, wise in, in regards to my energy. It's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't allow me to be achieve my biggest goal, which is to be the best dad that I can be, you know, at, at this age with four kids, all mostly all toddlers, you know, my 14 year old, like at that age, you know, what's most important, like spending time and scaling these companies and growing, you know, and, and all this stuff, or is it being a dad? So like mm-hmm. making those sacrifices, you know, cause uh, you know, I'm sure your, your friend wanted, I mean, there's huge community here. There's huge opportunity to create a, develop a community. I'm sure you want to be a part of that, but what, what what's most important, you know, as men, we have to make sure that we're asking ourselves those questions, you know, when we say yes. And, mm-hmm. and being able to right. say no to things because something else matters to you more, mm-hmm. you know, not being afraid to say no as men. I know as some, as myself, you know, when I'm asked something like, I want to do it, I want to achieve it. I want to accomplish it. I want to live up to it. 
But, you know, in this last year, I've definitely learned a lot about boundaries and, and knowing my limits. So I love that you brought that up, Sean, because it's important for men to to know their limits and to to know when taking something on is going to detract and kind of lessen something else. Well, I'm not good at that. Um, you can ask Nelson. I, I came up with nine different business ideas over since the beginning of this year and, and, and my girlfriend and then my therapist, it's like they talk, but they really don't both said, you can't do that. Um, and so I've had to turn some things down. I mean, I really thought importing, you know, high end vehicles into France would have been an awesome company, but, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've got, I mean, I've got a list and I keep coming up with them, but it's, I, the biggest struggle for me is, to someone, someone told me to say no to something, to be able to say yes to something greater. And I can't, whoever quoted it, I know you're listening. I'm sorry. I can't remember. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I know it wasn't Nelson because it's I too far. I don't, say, I don't say things I don't that say profound. Things like that. <laughs> uh, but learning to, to do that. And I know if I had younger kids when I was baseball coach and on the swim board and at practice for this and practice for that, I couldn't do this. Um, and it's only because my kids are at an age where they can drive themselves, where they don't have as much going on because they are more self-sufficient. doesn't mean I'm not there, but it allows for me to, to do the podcast, to have the time, and hence the name Dad's Unplugged, because I really don't want to edit. I don't want to put any more time into it. <laughs> yeah. This is us unplugged. This, this is, this is I mean, this is it. And I, and I can see us, and I'm very honored and grateful, Miguel, that you're here. And with Nelson, that I could see us meeting up and having this conversation just as we're having it now, even in person. Um, and and that's why I feel we love being on here and we love the guests that we have on because they are all people that we could just sit around and shoot the shit and have a drink. And for those that don't have a non-alcoholic drink and just and just talk, but we're making it public. So yeah. our hope is, as what you do on LinkedIn that it helps someone else that might be looking for it. Well, now you kind of got something to live up to, Sean. I'm going to be expecting some kind of live dad's unplugged event or something. That'd be fun. That would be be cool. We've been asked to come to, um, to come to London and and try and get Netflix to sponsor our Americans through, through England um, kind of journey, food, a food journey. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, uh, Miguel, as we, as we kind of come to the tail end of this thing, I do I do want to ask you a question about being a stepdad. If Like if you can give one piece or Please. two pieces of advice to, you know, to a stepdad out there, especially in the beginning, or I guess just in the relationship building phase of of coming into a child's life who obviously they recognize you're not their dad, but you're you're not trying to fill that void, but you're trying to be a part of it. Like, is there any anything that you did that worked or that didn't work that you that you want to kind of just share? So that's such a profound question that you asked. It's um, something that I've been thinking about quite often, actually. Now that my son is 14, you know, when I met Cole, he was five years old. And again, when I was growing up, I didn't want to be a dad. I never had, I was, had this vision of being a bachelor and traveling the world. Okay. No children. And um, so one thing that I would, say for anybody that's in that position is to be open and transparent like I was talking about with my own kids something that I've learned years down the road something that I wish I would have done back then is to 
have been more open about where I was at and, you know, the things that were happening and how I was addressing. Um, and, and then on that other side is to recognize that it's not about you, you know, that it's now about them and they, if, if you put them first, you're going to put yourself in some uncomfortable, you know, conversation, some uncomfortable position, you know, thankfully his dad is very involved. He's, and Mm. since, you know, I met him and so he's got an amazing relationship with his dad where the way I grew up, like, you know, I grew up with my parents and kind of having their own, you know, steps and having stepmom this and that. And I was just wild. And like, my parents were always fighting and very jealous of each other. And I I could never have my step-parents around each other, my mom and, and my dad, like it was just really wild, you know? So taking all that experience and knowing that that's not the environment, that's not the life that I want to create for my, my son is, and so, you know, and, and even then, like when I first, when I first got together with Alexis and, you know, we would meet up with, with Caleb cause he wanted to see, you know, Cole, his dad, you know, and, and going, being invited where he would invite us to 4th of July or, you know, just to have, cause Cole, it's, it's my year with Cole, but if you guys want to come and hang out with him, like, so it's not oh, about wow. me. It's, and, and, you know, for mm-hmm. the first year or two, I'd be like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's weird. It's, you know, that's uncomfortable, you know, kind of, that's, that's kind of awkward. Like, you know, but it's not about me, you know, and I, and I would even get made fun of like, you know, my, my cousins or my, my dad, like, that's weird. What are you doing? What are you doing? Hanging out with the, you know, and it's not about me though, you know, like it's, and it's uncomfortable. And, and you know, here we are now, you know, 10 years down the road and you know like i said my son's birthday was this morning for my my four-year-old isaac uh cole stayed with his dad last night his uh, dad dropped him off this morning sees isaac they would come in the house and you give him a hug and hey happy birthday isaac you know and and you know like we have a good relationship now you know it's so weird but it's so not about me and it's not so not about the optics either you know, mm-hmm. like there's still these, uh, he, he literally just bought a new house. They moved to a, uh, you know, huge house, huge accomplishment, huge chapter in someone's life, you know, and, and, you know, the kids, he's, he's a kid person. So he's always playing with my kids and he invited them, you know, come see my house. So we, what we, what we do on Sunday, you know, when saw their house, you know, brand new home, wow. games towards the home and, you know, and that, that, that might not be the best feeling or best environment for me or whatever but it's not about me it's about what what it's doing for cole what it's showing what it's modeling for him and Mm. so as a step parent i just encourage you all to even though it's not your not your kid like you're taking a responsibility it is your kid Mm. and you need to put them first and it's not about what's weird or what's uncomfortable or what's awkward it's about what's best what's what are how are they going to feel about the situation how did that enhance their life if i showed up at that july 4th gathering will it make him feel better will having his mom there too you know and so you know it's not about us it's not about the optics it's about your kids when you're a step parent and it's it's hard it's crazy there's not a lot of support out there for it Mm -hmm. you know but you you have to do what's right for for your family for your environment for your children Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I also wanted to ask that question. So I'm, I'm glad Nelson did. And we could have a whole conversation on blended families and, um, and that's uh, hopefully we do. I, I would like for us to do that in the future, have a round table and talk and, and listen and learn because there is so much yeah. out there that isn't, um, uh, social media approved 
and what the experience really is like in a blended family and, and as that that path starts um so please miguel we would like to have you on again um it's been an awesome conversation and I, like i said i just I'm, I'm thankful that you you asked me nelson and, and you know to be here and sean that you allowed me to be on here and you know it's a it's just a great space i hope to see a lot from you guys i hope to see you know a community building a slack community or you know a patreon community or something guys because you know that needs to happen you know like there's not people people pay twenty dollars you know in in an hour you know to so what's $20 a month to like be part mm. of a intentional community of, of dads who, who want to empower each other, who want to lift each other up and build community, you know, and, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I found this because mm. I'm at a, at a position, you know, like I said, this conversation I had with my kids was only recent, you know, it was literally like wow. two weeks ago mm. and, and these realizations that I'm having of, you know, being the best dad and this realization of, I don't want to be a CEO. I don't want to be, I don't want to leave my own company forever. I want to transition into to doing, working for somebody else and, you know, being a better dad, focusing on that, you know, having that opportunity, like, and so I'm, I'm myself searching for, you know, mm-hmm. men to relate to dads to relate to, you know, and cause I, I didn't grow up with that. You know, I didn't grow right. up with the dad. I didn't grow up with, I grew up with my mom and, and my grandma raising me, you know? And so, and, you know, one of the big part of my, my, um, my traumas is I didn't, I wasn't able to develop a lot of fruitful and, and deep relationships with men in my life. And so now mm. I'm in a position where I'm looking for that. I'm searching for community and, and, you know, real people. So I love that what you two are developing. And I just, I hope that you continue to grow it and take, I, I know you're taking it seriously, but take it real serious. You know, like the opportunity here, not just to cr- have fun and have shoot the shit and have conversations like we're doing, like it's, it's cool, but there's something deeper here that, that needs to be met. And that's just that community that people are searching for. And so I appreciate you two taking the leap of, of starting that and getting started. And, and I can't wait to see what you all do. And I, I'm all here for it. You know, I'm, I'm here to support you guys and, you know, be it sharing on LinkedIn and doing things or whatever, any way that I can support, please let me know. Um, Cause I, I love what you guys are doing. Not a lot. Of, I don't, I haven't seen anybody else doing this just yet. I know it's out there, but um, right. the people that I related to, so this is it. And I, I, hope to continue seeing more from you guys well sean's favorite word patreon so he was really excited to hear that (laughs) (laughs) as soon as you said that i was just like all right gotta have to clear my weekend (laughs) yeah i thought we we're as this is taking off and we have um more interest and it becomes bigger than what even i had planned on it um we're looking at trying to expand it to be able to allow those communities to to happen and in um and in privacy for a lot of people that don't want to speak out publicly on social media, but it would allow then for that intimacy and those safe places for dads to, to come into. So we, we appreciate that. Um, as we're winding down our time, we don't want to respect yours. We have a couple of questions we ask every guest. Um, and I have one serious and then one, um, one hopefully lighter question, but <laughs> you kind of touched on this already a little bit, uh, so you don't have to spend a whole lot of time, but what do you want um, your legacy to be? We go. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I I want to be, I want to be known as you know just being like a selfless man, empathetic, who put his kids first, you know, and created a better world for my sons, you know, by example, with with action, you know, not mm. just talking about it, but walking the talk and and creating change in the mental health space. 
I don't know that it'll ever happen, but I mean, I want to, you know, just make mental health normal as much as physical health is, you know, we, we post pictures of our abs and I don't have abs. I got a big old stomach, but you know, we post pictures of our muscles and this and that, you know, why aren't we posting pictures of our brain scans? Why aren't we, you know, so open about, you know, therapy and just a bad day, you know? And, and so being creating a world, you know, where, just I, I want to be known for somebody who helped make mental health normal and mm-hmm. for his four boys, you know, because that's what that's what moves me every day is is it's not about me. It's for them, you know, and, and the the amount of messages that I get daily from men on on LinkedIn is really what you're saying. Like people need that that privacy, that private community, that intimate community where they can, you know, release and let out because. So many of these executives are like, you're the, you're the first person I've ever told you, the first, you know, and it's like because people don't don't want to be be transparent and open just yet or aren't ready for it just yet. Mm-hmm. So they need a place to do that. But um, but yeah, man, I, I kind of went far on that one. But <laughs> no, that's awesome. And that's what we want to hear is what you truly um, intentionally want for your legacy and uh, to try and lighten it up a little bit at the end. Uh, do you have a dad joke or a dad story that you would share with us today? Oh man, I, I'm not, I'm horrible at jokes. Okay. Like I'm the, like, I'm the one who's like asking an hour later, like, what was that about? You know? And so like you can ask a joke on me, but I'm still like very slow at jokes. And, and so I don't have a dad joke because it takes me forever to understand any joke. <laughs> That's um, even better. You know? So, but yeah, in, in regards to just, you know, dad stories, there's so many, um, you know, funny dad stories, but, uh, no, I, I think I just, I think the biggest thing is I need to work on my jokes. Like I, if I'm going to be a real dad, like what kind of dad am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been doing that's this awesome. wrong all this time. <laughs> um, that's, that's all right. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll skip right to the, would you rather question? This will get you thinking most of the day. Um, I, I got a pretty easy one for you cause you gave so much already. I didn't want to put you in an awkward position. Um, with your fans. So <laughs> the, the rules are really simple. Uh, it's, would you rather this or that you have to pick one, you can't pick both clearly or none. Uh, and you have to give a little bit of a reason as to why you're picking one of these questions, uh, one of the answers. So Sean doesn't know the questions. I kind of just randomly do no. this. So, um, it's not, this one's good. This one's okay. Would you rather have chapped lips? You can never get rid of or dandruff. You can never get rid of. That's hard. Chap lips you can never get rid of or dandruff you can never get rid of. And I'll answer as well, assuming I had hair since I shaved my head. (laughs) (laughs) That's easy for you to say. (laughs) So I would say, man, chapped lips. I, I live with chapstick. Like there's always a, there's like 20 sticks of chapstick in my house. Uh, my, and my kids are obsessed with chapstick. My father-in-law for Christmas, I got him like a 30 pack of chapsticks. <laughs> you know, they're, big, nice. they're big on chapped lips around here. <laughs> I think uh, chapped lips in Kansas wouldn't work. It's just, <laughs> yeah. So definitely I would rather never get rid of dandruff than to have chapped lips. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I respect that. I, hopefully we can get a, uh, 
one of the chapstick companies as a sponsor now that you've fully endorsed <laughs> them and purchased 90% of their product. <laughs> Heard that. <laughs> it's like, why do we have such high sales in Kansas? <laughs> Miguel and his family. <laughs> uh all right all right um i'd rather have dandruff because i like to have luscious lips to kiss so why would um, you why would you make your voice sound like that (laughs) why would you (laughs) luscious lips who does that sponsored by chapstick Uh, (laughs) oh my goodness that was oh just threw up in my mouth Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll definitely. (laughs) Hopefully, she didn't just veer off the road as she was listening to this episode. (laughs) Uh, With the dander thing, Um, I can always wear a hat um, as long as I have these luscious locks of hair that I have. um, I would rather uh, show off. (laughs) I choose to shave. I choose to shave my head. Although my wife would think my hairline starts back here somewhere if I don't shave. You guys will never get to see that truth. Um, you know, Miguel, it's funny you said that. I have I have chapstick in every hoodie that I have. I have in the room, in the office. It's just all over the place. Even in the summertime, i I have to have I have to have some chapstick around. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm okay with some dandruff. If if I did have my hair growing, you know, having some flakes coming down i think it's fun you know you want to see some snow you just shake your head off and you know you funny got thing of- is like i've never gone i've never pre-interview like been like you know do i have dandruff in my hair but i'm always like are my lips checked are my lips- <laughs> <laughs> i'm usually just going i i brushed my teeth because obviously everyone can smell my breath <laughs> <laughs> Good. Sean brushes his teeth. Maybe we'll get Colgate (laughs) as a sponsor now. All right. Uh, Miguel, dude, you've been, you know, we, we have, we have guests on that. Some, some are friends that we know personally, some are like yourself where we'll kind of come and, and, and meet in short term. Um, But the amount of value that you give in conversation, again, I got to experience you in an hour and a half on, on a LinkedIn kind of conference teaching class you were doing and, any, I, I encourage anyone that gets a chance to just follow you on your social media, and if they need more from you, and you're doing a class to, to really sign up, uh, you you definitely deliver more than you can possibly even imagine. Just with your stories, with what you're living, you know, sharing sharing as much as you have about your your family dynamic, um, being a stepdad, being a dad, and, and a husband. Uh, they're lucky to have you, and and I'm sure you're you're lucky to have them in your life as well. Really appreciate the the fact that you took this time with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Like I said, it was an honor to be here, and I um, I'm very like I said, I'm very intentional about where I put my time in, and this is definitely something that I wanted to support, invest in, and, and be part of because, like I said, it's something that needs to happen. We need more of in this world, and um, yeah, I mean, I. I definitely love LinkedIn. So anybody that's listening, you know, LinkedIn has changed my life. Uh, and so when used strategically and intentionally, you can really use it to to do some things for yourself in your business or your personal life. And so don't hesitate to reach out. I'm going to be putting together uh, another masterclass here soon, coming in June. So if you're interested, definitely just reach out, find me on LinkedIn under my name or, you know, um, Instagram, wherever. And yeah, just shoot me a message and let me know. Um, pricing is, a, I, I'm still working it out. Like you said, it's not about money, Nelson. 
I do so uh, consulting. I do consulting, and I do charge four hundred, you know, an hour for consulting Good. fees. Um, normally, you know, retainers go anywhere from three to five thousand a month. But it's not about money for me. I want people to see the opportunity mm. uh, in LinkedIn. I want people to see the value in it because, like I said, it changed my life. Without a college degree, I didn't have nowhere to go without no college degree, no business network. But LinkedIn, using it intentionally, and strategically, allowing who I am to sell what I do really changed the game for me. And so I just want to, I want to open that up to as many people as I can. I want any, everybody to know about it. Students, teachers, you know, organizations, companies, mm-hmm. if you are, if you have a passion, the business world can help you change that. Look how much social media has changed society and the world today that we live in. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn has that power. Our, our, all of our social platforms have the power to create some change, be it in our world, be it in the world, be it something that we're passionate about, be it in business. So there's so much opportunity on LinkedIn and it's very underutilized, especially for business owners. So many business owners are spinning their wheels on Instagram and Facebook, which are saturated or LinkedIn. There's a huge opportunity to be seen and create a, your own community there. Um, even for you guys, you know, this dad community, there's it's male dominated on LinkedIn right now. So there's a lot of dads out there. Um, definitely huge opportunity to grow in many areas. But yeah, thank you guys for having me. Sean, it was great to meet you. Nelson, thank you so much, um, you know, for continuing. And I, I, I can tell this is not going to be the last I'll hear from you guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, I want to definitely continue this, uh, you know, conversation and friendship and get to know you guys more as, as time goes on. Awesome. 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 Miguel, thank you again for your time today. Please follow him on LinkedIn and Instagram. Reach out. Uh, also, Nelson and I are always available. Um, if you have any positive comments, you can send them to Sean at dadsunpluggedpodcast.com. If you have any negative comments, send them to Nelson at dadsunpluggedpodcast.com. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> for- when, did, when did we start that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Um, please hit the subscribe button so you get notified as we do launch bonus episodes from time to time. Our Dad's Unplugged Roundtable will be coming up uh, closer to um, Father's Day, and everyone have a great and wonderful day.